0: Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have you ever met anybody famous or infamous? I'll take either one. You know, I I combed my memory, and other than maybe somebody who's a local celebrity, I, I haven't met anybody. I mean, I saw Prince Charles from across the street this summer. I don't know that counts. I didn't really meet him, didn't really speak with him, haven't really done anything with, with anybody famous. But I do have a friend who met Barack Obama. He was senator at the time. And, and the story is interesting because of where he met him, in the men's room. And let's just say he wasn't washing his hands and there's sort of an unwritten rule, for those of you who don't know, in the men's room, that when you're taking care of business, you don't strike up conversations. But, but he did. You know, here's your chance. So how many people can claim that or, or wish to? I don't know anybody famous, never met anybody famous, but I do know one. One that is the most famous the most relevant above and beyond all the others and I hope you can say I know him too I meet him all the time because we do and that of course is is Jesus for me he is the one who I know knows me like none other he has been my friend my comfort for for decades now i would say that he was responsible for a great deal of my parenting when when i was a teenager he is the one that had picked out my career and actually kind of i wouldn't say forced guided me to that career When I think about the things that I've done in my life that I think are worthwhile things, every one of those things, I have to say, was Jesus working through me. It wasn't me. The stuff that was just me, you know, is just sort of ordinary. Knowing Jesus has been absolutely life-changing, life-formative life changing life formative for me. And yet, you look at the gospel lesson, and what did people think of Jesus there? The Romans just thought he was sort of a political inconvenience. They didn't even give him the right to, you know, true rule of law. They executed him because he was a nuisance. The thieves on the cross, one of them got it, but the other one just thought, you know, at best he's a way out, and at worst he's a fraud and probably concluded he's a fraud. And then the Jewish leaders, who were the real drivers to get, get him there, they thought he was the worst kind of heretic there was. And today, to this day, many people consider Jesus to be powerless, irrelevant, unneeded, even a myth... How wrong can you be? How off? Take a look at the Colossians reading, our epistle reading for today. There you get what I would say an intensive statement on who Jesus is. And we need to take it in. It says, starting at verse 15 anyway, He's the image of the invisible God firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created things in heaven things on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or authorities all things were created by him and for him go out into this world look anywhere you want look into the deepest space you can't see anything that wasn't created by Christ that is the vastness of his power and the genius of his engineering. Beyond that, there are things you can't see. and I'm not talking about little stuff like like germs, even though they would be included too, or stuff that you're not set up to see like radiation, though I guess that would be included too. I think it's referring here to to a whole nother universe or several ones, to all that's heaven, to all that's Sheol. Jesus has made that all. And everything that's in them, heavenly beings, that we may or may not have ever encountered, things that we don't even know, exist at this point. Jesus has made them. And it says he's the image of the invisible God. You know, the disciples at one point asked Jesus, Show us the Father, and that would be enough. And that that's that question is just completely formulated the wrong way. The Father is a spirit. How can he be shown? Holy Spirit's spirit. How can it be shown? It can, either one can take forms that you can relate to, but it's not really the Father in the a, in a truest sense or the Holy Spirit in the truest sense. But Jesus, being incarnate, has a form. And you will see that form. And when you do see it, and when you do read about it, you learn what God, the triune God, is like. His temperament, his personality, his powers—all of it. It goes on to say of him, "He is before all things, and in him all things hold together." We live in a finely tuned universe. If things were just a little bit different in the forces of nature, none of us would exist. The whole universe as you see it would not exist. Does it have to be the way that it is? No, it doesn't. Is it necessarily going to stay the way it is? No, it isn't. It stays the way it is. It is the way it is because Jesus created it and keeps it the way that it is. He said, it says also of him. That he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and firstborn from among the dead. Jesus is, so far, the only truly resurrected human being. There's been other people raised from the dead, and a lot of people who've had near-death experiences. But all they can claim is that they were, they were fixed. Fixed well enough to live. Jesus is resurrected his humanity is now even different from from us and it is him who says who reconciles all things to god whether things on earth or things in heaven by the peace made through his blood shed on the cross all things in heaven and earth, and he's talking about people who have already died, the people who are still here, and the rest of this creation are reconciled, though damaged, and very much changed by sin, they are now reaccepted, put on the docket for for re engineering, for being remade and retained for an eternity. He is our absolute judge. And before him, going outside this text, powerful spiritual beings bow in fear. They don't say, There you are, Son of God, I'm going to get you the cower. What have you want? What have you done? What do you want with us, Jesus? have you come to torture us before our time? That is who he is. That is who you pray to and who reacts to you. That is who you worship and who sees you worshiping. That is who has decided to somehow bond you to himself. That's who bonded you know, Alexander and Damien and Sabrina to himself. That being, that one. Now you could say to me, okay, yeah, those points of theology I've heard before, I understand them. I can say I understand them too. But I got to ask even myself, do I always get it? Can I keep those things clear in my head for, for more than a 10-second period. We have the, you know, the most ADD approach to, to Jesus uh, that there can be. We would be just as blind as somebody who thinks he's useless if it wouldn't be for the Holy Spirit getting a hold of us and fixing something in our head. So i got to ask you, even though I reminded you at the beginning of the service. Are you aware that he's here? Are you aware that when you leave, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and part of the body of Christ? And he is there? Not as a memory, not as a thought. Really, actually there. There. Here's a different one. Can you understand that when you pray, you are not just throwing stuff out there into the void to see who responds to it. You are speaking to the creator of all things. He hears you. He's actually invited you and interacts with you. Or this. I often think of him as a close friend. But I also have to acknowledge he's the creator of the universe. Can you hold those two things together? I mean, I don't think the answer is sort of to dumb them both down so they're sort of close together. I think you got to keep them in tension. And I don't know about you, but for me, I I occasionally got to focus on the fact that he's my friend, and I occasionally got to focus on the fact that he is transcendent almighty God. And i got to keep looking back and forth to to really grasp it because of the smallness of my mind. Do you get that he actually is the boss of you? You know that phrase that kids throw up, you're not the boss of me? Well, in this case, yeah, he actually is. Think of all the people who tried to say, you know, really, I don't want to do that. For Jonah, how did that work out? Uh, Moses, I can't speak. All right, you're still going. Jeremiah, I'm too young. Yeah, don't really care. You're going. There is a long, long history, and I'm sure longer than the ones that show up in the Bible, of people who say to God, no, I don't want to do it. And God's saying, but you're going to anyway. And what you don't want to be, if there even is this category, of the people who say, God says, here, I give you this opportunity, and you say, I don't want it, and he says, fine, I'll give it to somebody else. That would be on you, your loss. Do you understand, when you are contemplating sin, or when you are contemplating not doing something in a sinful way, then indeed our deeds still get judged. And yeah, you're saved by grace. Don't worry about that. Jesus Christ died for you, so as far as you being his, he established that, not you. But when it comes down to you as a disciple, judgment day is still a relevant day to you your life, your execution of the things He's prepared in advance for you will be evaluated either for reward or for lack thereof. So you don't want to just brush it off. You don't want to just make grace cheap. It's your loss. And do you understand that He knows everything about you? I mean... Everything about you, and for some reason, he still loves you, still loves me, still calls us his people, still keeps us connected to his body. Try to wrap your mind around those things and understand them better. I mean, you look at the list, if you're looking at the outline, it's like, yeah, okay, sure, I get that list. But it, it doesn't take probably half an hour before you don't get that list, right? We, we struggle as the limited creatures that we are. Limited creatures brought into a relationship with a being who knows no limits. We can understand much better, much more easily, when we have a relationship with somebody who is sort of like us in that regard. But we really, really need this relationship. And there's so much benefit to it. So hear these words and believe what they say. Jesus Christ is with you. He cares for you. You are part of Him. The day will come you'll see Him face to face. But for now, you need to live by faith. In Jesus' name, amen.